Second Corinthians chapter eight. I usually do something like this every year in preparation for a missions conference and talk about faith promise giving. Faith promise giving. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. And I'm going to read uh, the first five verses of Second Corinthians eight, and then we're going to look at some other passages of scripture as well. So. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, we do, all, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the word, will of God. So as we consider, let's consider faith promise giving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to open your precious word and to be assembled together and to hear the preaching of your word. I pray that you'd help me and give ears to hear and give us understanding into thy truth and concerning our privilege and responsibility that we have of giving uh, so that the gospel can go forth both in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. So, Lord, just I just pray that you just encourage our hearts and strengthen us in our resolve just to be faithful, to trust you with our giving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith promise giving. So what is it? Well, first thing we ought to understand it is what it is not. It's not to tithe. It's not to tithe. You know, the tithe was commenced or begun by Abraham, clear back in Genesis chapter 14, the Bible tells us in verses 17 through 20 that this is the first recorded instance of the tithe. Of course, the tithe means tenth. And uh, in Genesis 14, 17, it says, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him, that is, went out to meet Abraham, after his return from the slaughter of Ketelomer and the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he, that is Abraham, gave him, that is Melchizedek, tithes of all. And of course, this is made reference to in Hebrews chapter 7, in verses 1 through 4, Hebrews 7, and we do believe that Melchizedek was a pre-incarnation appearance of Christ, or at least a type of Christ. In Hebrews 7, verses 1 through 4, there it says, So this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and that after that king of Salem, Salem means peace, which is king of peace, Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, being made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. And of course it tells us there in those verses that Abraham gave him a tenth part of all. So tithing was commenced 500 years before the law was given. A lot of people say, well, tithing's under the law. You know, we're not, we don't have to get, we don't have to, you know, we're not required to tithe because that was under the law. Uh, But it was actually commenced before the law, 500 years before the law, uh, was even given on Mount Sinai. It was, it was, though, confirmed by Moses 
in uh, Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30, where Moses told the children of Israel that they were to give tithes of all. It says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So a tithe, the Bible says a tithe is the Lord's. It belongs to Him. It's not an offering. An offering is something you give of yourself. That's yours that you give. That's an offering. This tithe is not considered an offering by God. He considered it His. It is His. Uh, it was commanded, of course, and then by Malachi. In fact, Malachi uses some very strong language concerning the tithe in Malachi chapter 3 in verses 8 through 10, where he says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, and may me meet in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So he, he starts out asking a question, and it will of man rob God? And then he says, you've robbed me. And you've robbed me in your tithes. So, that, so we can see here clearly that the Bible teaches a tithe is the Lord's. It's His. He considers it His. And, and so we are, to, we are to give the Lord what is His. Uh, and that is the tithe. And, uh, and, and, and of course, then it was... You know, not only it was commanded by the Lord, but by, by the law, but it was also commanded by Jesus in Matthew 23, verse 23. He, he, he chided or corrected the Pharisees, uh, not because they tithe, but, and understand, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith, these you ought to have done and not to leave the other undone. So, yeah, you should give your tithes of all those things, but, but you should not have left out mercy and faith and, and judgment, as is what they did. Uh, and so, so it was commanded uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And, uh, and he said in, in Matthew 10.10, 10, the workman is worthy of his meat. Of course, there's a reference there to the Old Testament uh, those who, who served in the temple, the tithes are what provided for their means. And, uh, and, and, so, and it was to be brought into the storehouse, and we believe that carries over into the local church. Uh, uh, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and verses 1 and 2, he tells us to, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye, upon the first day of the week, that every one of you lay it by him in the store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And so they were to bring it into the church and, and uh, give it there. So we see here that the, the, that faith promise giving is not the tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. So faith promise giving is something over and above the tithe. Uh, and we see here some principles in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 concerning... This giving. You know, actually the collection that Paul was receiving here was not for the church at Corinth. If you, if you look at chapter 16, and, 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 and then he'll remind them a year later in 2 Corinthians 8, 
if in verse 1 he says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. And, and then in verse 2 it says, Upon the first day of the week, that everyone you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And if you'll, if you'll think about that, as God hath prospered him, that's the wording he uses in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll see that in a minute. For our faith promise giving. It's not talking about the tithe. Because notice where he's going to take this offering. Verse 3 says, When I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So this collection that he was talking here to the Corinthians about was a collection that was not for the church at Corinth, not giving their tithes and offerings to the church, but something over and above to help the saints at Jerusalem, the church at Jerusalem, who was in dire need at this time. There was a there was believed to be a famine or a dearth at that time, and of course there was much persecution against the church of Jerusalem during this time as well. So they were suffering and they had great need, so the, Paul had asked the churches to whom he ministered, the Gentile churches, to prepare an offering that he could take with him back to Jerusalem to help them in their time of need. So that was the, that's the context of 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, and he's challenging the church at Corinth, who had, who had some people of wealth, obviously, if you, you study the book of 1 Corinthians, and some, some people of means, about carrying forth or carrying uh, or, or fulfilling the obligation they said they would a year ago, and they had not done it yet. And he's challenging them with the churches of Macedonia, particularly Philippi, was one of the churches that gave much, uh, for them to give. And so he says, this is, of course, this faith promise is over and above. It's, it is of a, a, it's an offering of a willing mind. Notice in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 8. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. And again in verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So this was a, this wasn't a tithe. Again, it wasn't something that God commanded or said the tithe is mine. If you don't give it to me, you're a thief. This is something over and above that that he's asking that they would give willingly to help the church at Jerusalem. And, you know, it, 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 much like we, you know, it's the same manner that we uh, give faith promise to help somebody else, another church, that's what a mission's, a, church, a missionary is a church planter starting another church in another place. And, uh, and so it's the it's it's, it's very same idea. It is a free, free will offering between you and the Lord. Uh, it, it, and, it's, and it's something that you decide how, what you want to give, how, you want, how much you want to give. Uh, chapter 9, verse 7. Again, he says, Every man as he purposeth in his heart. Now, that's not how he talks about the tithe. No, you're to give 10%. You're to give the tithe. It is mine, God says. No, but this is, every man as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. So it's not, an, it's not a necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So it is to be something that's given of a willing mind. Uh, again, it's something that's, that's up to the individual how much, or if they want to give toward that, because it is beyond the tithe. Uh, second thing we notice here is it is evidence of uh, total commitment or genuine spirituality in Second Corinthians eight, 
in verses 1 through 5, again he says, My moreover brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift, and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hope. But here is the key. But first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So this is an evidence that these people had first given themselves to the Lord. They were putting their trust for their need in the hands of God. Because it didn't figure out with pen and pencil, pen and paper. It didn't figure out. Where were they going to get this money? How would, they, how would they meet their needs if they gave what they desired to give or what the Lord laid upon their heart to give? Uh, and so this, this showed their trust or their dependence uh, on the Lord. Uh, Bill Winstead used to say, uh, use this phrase when talking about faith promise missions. We need to ask the Lord, what will the Lord give through me that he will not give to me for world missions? You know, what will the Lord give through me that he will not give to me? And, and so these people were trusting God to give through them, not for them, but for him. And, and so they had committed themselves, they had gave themselves first uh, to the Lord. So it was evidence that they had committed themselves and their lives and, 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 their, and their dependence and trust on the Lord. Now go to Philippians chapter 4, and Paul makes reference to this when he writes to them in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 10 through 17, verses 10 through 19. He says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with me at my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so he's, giving, he's reiterating to them the promise that God would supply all their need. And, and, and it's obviously he's commending them for they had given themselves. These people at Philippi were sensitive to the leading of the Lord and the needs of his servant. You know, they didn't have email and Skype and, and uh, uh, texting and, you know, all the modern media. And, 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 I mean, they didn't even have snail mail or Pony Express, you know. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of male you to call it, but, but, but we notice here that he says that they communicated with him concerning his affliction. There was times that he went hungry, where he was cold. But he says, you Philippians, no, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. And even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent to my necessity. Not to my want, but to my necessity. And so these people, the, the, this, these churches of Macedonia had committed themselves to the Lord. There was genuine spirituality there, and they were allowing the Lord to lead them, and also trusting God to supply their need, because they weren't giving out of their abundance. They were giving out of their poverty. And, uh, and, and so they were trusting God. Uh, it also manifests your love for the Lord. Uh, chapter 8 here in verse 8 says, I speak not by commandment. Again, this is not a commandment. Faith promise is not a command. It's not by commandment, by, by occasion of your forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. So, you know, the, the, the Corinthians had said they were going to give an offering for the churches at Jerusalem. And now Paul says, okay, Prove the sincerity of your love to the Lord. Uh, you had committed yourself to doing this. Now prove your sincerity for the Lord. You know, it, it, this, this again, faith promise, proves our sincerity and that we understand the importance and the genuineness and the need of missions, of getting the gospel, of really, it's a, it's, it, it, it shows our understanding that we really believe the commandment he gave in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which says we're to go both, both into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Now, you cannot do that just by tithing. Because tithe goes to the work of the church, the local church. But our faith promise goes to missions. It goes into Judea, uh, uh, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. In other words, it goes beyond beyond Rollsville. You know, it, it, it goes into the USA, and then it goes into other foreign countries. So we're going into all the world. We're we're sending the gospel with our faith promise giving. We're sending the gospel into the parts of the world that we can't go to, or we'll never go to. Uh, you know. Thankfully, I've, I've had privilege to go to several parts of the world and see, see those things happen, you know, the, 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 that actually ha- taking place in the Ukraine and, and of course, in Taiwan uh, a year or so ago. But, but it, it reveals our understanding, our focus, and believing that this is the work of the Lord and this is our priority, that His work, His priority is our priority. So, so it manifests, he said, the... the the sincerity of your love. Uh, it also, he says, if you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. Look at chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 10. Excuse me. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man as According as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or in necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread to your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, so we see here the principle of sowing and reaping, and if you, if you reap sparingly, you, or I'm sorry, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. Of course, this principle is taught throughout the Bible. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. The Bible says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that waters shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. So the liberal soul shall be made fat. This is okay where it's one, one time where it's okay to be liberal. Um, you know, so, and Paul said, I desire fruit that may abound your account. So, so we, he, he encourages us to sow bountifully so that we reap bountifully. And, uh, you know, growing up on a farm, I understand this principle very clearly. Um, you know, we plant corn. Uh, when I was younger, my dad would plant like 22,000 plants, kernels per acre of corn. 20, I know that sounds like a lot. 22,000 plants per acre, we'd call it. And, uh, and you know, you, the yield was, a good yield on that was 150 bushel acre. Okay? Well, a little later on, they were pushing 30 or 33,000 plants per acre. Now, it costs you more to plant 33,000 plants per acre than it does 22,000 plants per acre. However, instead of 150 bushels per acre, you get 200. Now, you know how many kernels of corn are in a bushel of corn? Average, 38,000. So just multiply 50 times 38,000. Does it pay to sow 33,000 plants per acre? It's a no-brainer. Of course it does. Of course it does. You're, 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 you're reap, reaping so much greater than if you just hold back a little bit on the sowing. Now, you can overdo it. If you would have planted 60,000 plants per acre... I mean, those corn stalks, usually what they liked was corn stalks about seven inches apart. But if you would put, you know, double that, say 60,000 plants per acre, and push the rows together closer maybe, and, and the plants together more, you're going to look at a little spindly stalk with a little, little spindly ear on it. And then it's going to hurt your yield. So you had to be wise. You know what? We have to be wise in our faith promise giving also. We can't give what we don't believe God will give us. So we have to be wise concerning that. But, we, but he does encourage us to sow bountifully. But again, we need to be wise. It, it is according to what you have, not according to what you have not. Look at chapter 8 again, verse 12. It says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. 
Um, and again, verse 7 of chapter 9. Every man according as he purposed in heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And so we're to give according to what we have. Uh, we're going we're gonna to believe that God, God will give us what we need. And, you know, and, every, and, the, and the principle here is everyone can give something. Everyone can tithe. I mean, it's based upon a promise of God. He said, if you bring the tithes in the storehouse, I'll open the windows of heaven to you and pour you out a blessing which you'll not be able to receive. So give me what is mine. He's also saying here that if, if, we, if we sow bountifully, we will also reap bountifully. And so, and using the Macedonian brethren for an example, there isn't anyone that can't give. They gave out of their poverty, not out of their abundance. So, so, you know, it is according to what we have, but everyone can give. You know, the widow gave her two mites. She gave out of her poverty. Uh, the Pharisees, of course, gave out of their abundance. And, uh, and, and Jesus said the widow gave more than they all. She didn't give the most, but she gave the greatest percentage of what she had, you see. And so this faith promise then, it is an act of faith in God to supply our needs. Look again, if you will, at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 and 9. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. And so, Paul's encouraging the church at Corinth and us to stretch our faith. To stretch our faith. Uh, to encourage us to give bountifully so that we can see God work bountifully as well. And, 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 and again, asking God uh, to give us you know, what he will give through me that he will not give to me. And it is, and it is trusting God to supply the need or, or uh, for what we will give to him. And then finally, it results in thanksgiving to God. If you notice verses 11 through 15. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. You see, the, the results or the fruit of this is thanksgiving to God. Uh, this administration or this stewardship uh, of the gospel in real money, real need, communicating giving. Uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't, by the way, this isn't a uh, taking from the rich and giving to the poor. It's not what this is. This is seeing brethren have a need and brethren that 
have the means supplying the need. That's what James chapter um, 2 speaks of. James chapter 2. In verse 14, What did the prophet my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith say him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? And so this was, a, this was seeing a church, in this case it was a church, that had need, the church of Jerusalem. By the way, who did all these other churches really owe for their own salvation? Where did it all start? Started at Jerusalem. Started at Jerusalem. It's, it's almost like, you know, real life, when the parents get old and the children have to start taking care of the parents. Um, you know, it doesn't always happen that way with churches. It's not really supposed to happen that way, but in this case, it did. The church at Jerusalem, was in, there was a dearth at Jerusalem. There was severe persecution at Jerusalem. In fact, in fact you know, Acts, chapter nine t- or, uh, Acts chapter 8 tells us they, they went everywhere preaching the gospel. And it wasn't the apostles. The apostles stayed at Jerusalem. It was the people. So they lost the source of their income, much of it. Because the people were scattered because of the persecution. They had to flee. And so they went everywhere preaching the gospel. So compound that with a dearth in the land. And so there was severe poverty come upon the church at Jerusalem. So so Paul's encouraging these other churches to send some help. Financial help. Um, And really, this is is a good example of what is, is... as we, as we think about applying this to missions, and of course this is, this is missions, a church helping a church, you know, we, what we do is we fellowship together with other like-minded churches so that the gospel can go to meet the need of those in Taiwan who need to hear the gospel, or those in Siberia, in Russia, or those in Greenland who have never had the gospel. You know, we... We're privileged to, have, to support the first missionary in Greenland of any kind. Um, and, of course, in other places. So, so we're supplying a need, and this is you know, taking the, the gospel all over the world, and this will cause many to give thanks unto God. I remember in one of his presentations that Brother Andy Bishop did here several years ago, in the video, in the, in the video, there was a clip of one of the, the men that are now a pastor of one of the churches that he started there in Mexico thanking the American churches for sending the bishops to Mexico so that he could hear the gospel and be saved and be called to the Lord to tell his own people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's, that's what missions is all about. That's what our faith promise is for. It's to see that go forward. It is, and it is fruit that abounds to your account. It will cause many thanksgivings unto God. And verse 13 says, While by the experiment, this ministration, they, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. Uh, 
you know, in Philippians chapter 4, and again, Paul told the church at Philippi in um, verse 17, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. You know, every person that gets saved in Greenland, you've had an investment in through your giving and through your prayers. Every, every soul that gets saved in Russia, in, in Krasnyars, or uh, through the Jones ministry, or, or in Taiwan through the Francis ministry, um, or in, you know, you know, we even, we, you know, though we didn't support Brother Teal directly, we did support Brother Bob Mitchell, who was influential in getting started the church in Maine, out of which the Teals came, and now starting a church in Nevada. See, that's an investment that's now, you know what compound interest is, right? Now it's, now it's paying dividends, compound interest. I think, and I'm going to look at this next Sunday during Sunday school class, but um, I think Brother Bishop said that one of the churches there, out of, all, out of the several churches he started, I think they're supporting like 10 to 15 missionaries now. See, that's compound interest. That's fruit that we have invested in and that will bear fruit to our account. And so that's what faith promise is. It's not our tithe. Tithe is the Lord's. We're to bring our tithes in the storehouse. Faith promise, we're to bring that to the storehouse also, but it is for the giving of the gospel. It is for, for missions. Uh, you know, it's laboring together with God through others, partnering with them, that the gospel can go in places that we can't go. So we can fulfill our mandate, which is to go into all the world with the gospel. Even though we may never see Mexico or Portugal or Russia. Um, yet we have fruit there that can abound to our account. And so the challenge is to us to pray and ask the Lord what he would have us to give for world missions, for missions. Uh, what would he give through us that he will not give to us? That fruit may abound to our account by the others going uh, where we cannot go. Uh, and, you know, I like what Brother Forney said one time. He asked the question, who needs who? You know, we often think, well, the missionaries need us. And they do. To fulfill their, what God has commanded them to do, they need us. But for us to fulfill what God has commanded us to do, we need them. We need them. Uh, so that we can have fruit that abounds, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. So, again, I challenge you to be praying and asking the Lord what he would have you to do for faith promise of this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to participate in this eternal investment of faith promise. And I pray, Father, that you give us wisdom and direction and leading of the Spirit of God and uh, allow you to lead us and guide us and direct us and help us to give bountifully. Um, and I just pray that you just help each one of us to seek your face, that we might uh, please you in this giving. 
And we'll thank you and praise you. We do pray in Jesus' name.